With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Attention all authors. Page Publishing is looking for authors. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, Apple iTunes, and other outlets. They handle all aspects of the publishing process for you. Printing, cover art, publicity, copyright, and editing. Call 800-204-6099 now for your free author submission kit. That's 800-204-6099 for your free author submission kit. This is the Page Publishing Book Club. How you doing? I'm Alice Stockton Rossini. How could you ever forgive a person who... Fill in the blank. People do all kinds of things we might consider unforgivable. So consider the author of Enough, How I Forgave the Drunk Driver Who Nearly Killed My Baby and Me. Well, my name is Lindsay Manning, and I am originally from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I live in Tampa now. This book started off as a lot of journaling because I was going through a lot after um, I was hit head on by a drunk driver when I was nine months pregnant and uh, everything that followed. We both almost died. It's a miracle several times over that both of us are still alive and healthy. And so I was going through a lot of PTSD, but more than that, it was soul searching of how to find peace again. I went through all kinds of emotions. I was angry. I was scared financially. There were a lot of hardships and I was doing just great. And then one moment changed my entire life and I just wanted to be happy again. And the only way I could do that was to find forgiveness. So the story is about our hardships and the journey to, um, getting back to feeling whole again. And, you know, in the book, I talk about how I actually, maybe stupidly, but I I went up to my drunk driver's door. I looked up his address and went up to his door and I said, part of this process was I was going to tell him that I forgave him. And um, when he answered the door, we had a really great conversation and um, it turns out he needed to hear it too. Well, did he serve any time or was he prosecuted? Did you press charges? The interesting thing about the court situation was he technically had a DUI before 20 years ago, but because he got off for that, this was considered his first DUI conviction. So he had to, you know, pay a fine and do some community service. And, but he went home that day, you know, he lost his license for, I think, six months. So by the time this book was published, he was back on the roads again. How were you able to forgive him? Um... Well, at first, it was more of a survival thing. It was like for my own mental survival and stability, I need to find peace again. Because what I what I learned over this process was that if you sit there and you dwell on what if, you know, how dare he, this person hurt me, you know, I don't deserve this. All of that is true and it's valid. But if you keep your mind there, you're looking in the rearview mirror and you're not looking ahead 
and you're missing opportunities for happiness and peace that are passing you by. And uh, I just, I refuse to stay in that victim mentality mode. So it was really hard. And I think that people need to know that forgiveness is not saying what you did was okay. It's I'm going to let go of this pain and learn from it and move on. You know, if you choose to be a better person or not, that's on you. But I choose to have a brighter future. Did you come to this through therapy? No, I actually never did any therapy. Journaling was my therapy. Prayer was my therapy. Reading a lot of books about forgiveness and about finding peace of mind and also about trauma. I did not realize that PTSD, um, you know, we, we think about it in terms of military context, but, you know, trauma and grief, grief doesn't have to be when somebody dies. I lost the perfect healthy childbirth that I was looking forward to. I lost my entire maternity leave, was sucked into all of this traumatic thoughts and, and sadness and rage and depression. You know, I didn't get the happy time at home with my baby that I was hoping for. This was my third baby. And because of that, I lost a lot of time spending with my kids. I have an eight-year-old and a four-year-old and now a two-year-old. And, you know, these boys require a lot of time. And I just mentally wasn't here, even if I was physically here. I was getting through all of this stuff. So that was kind of part of it, too, is like, wow, you know, I'm going through this. I can't even explain it to my own husband, clearly. So how am I um, going to understand what everybody is going through and even who my um, drunk driver was going through? So, um, you know, if somebody can make a mistake you know, I, I need to not weigh that on my own life. I, you know, I wouldn't do what he did, but that doesn't mean that I need to carry it around with me. You're pretty amazing. I have to say, it takes a lot of strength to do what you've done. <sighs> and I just would imagine that there are women who have been in similar situations or dealing with similar kinds of grief that you could be a great help to. Are you able to reach them? Yes, I have a website, lindsaymanning.com. It's Lindsay spelled with an A. And I actually do talks about this all over the country about finding forgiveness, no matter who that is, if it's a family member, if it's a coworker, if you're angry at a spouse or a child, you know, like, or even if you're angry with yourself and you're trying to forgive yourself for something, um, you know, it's all the same process. And I go through that in my book and I, I, I speak about that. So, you know, if anybody wants to reach out, you can also find Find me facebook.com slash Lindsay Manning author. And I'm on Instagram too. So. so now you just have a book to take with you. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the book is very specific to that story, but the process is all the same. You know, I, I've talked to a lot of women who are like, well, you know, I didn't have your situation, but I had this situation. The steps that you describe at the end just fit really well with it. So I'm not the first to talk about forgiveness. I mean, you know, there's a, a lot of people who have gone through this process and write about it. But um, what I'm finding is, you know, originally I found forgiveness for um, survival of my own heart and mind. But in the end, it actually was a gift to me because I was able to see um, individuals as people who are we're all kind of struggling with our own stuff. And if you can see people like that, what a gift. Now I have a lot more patience. Man, I give you a lot of credit, Lindsay. It's, seriously, I, I do not know many people who could do what you have done. 
Thank you. Rough upbringing, crime, jail, and redemption. Our next author is determined to turn his life into a positive with a plan he outlines in his book entitled Rerock: How to Renovate and Rebuild Urban Black Neighborhoods. My name is Michael Farr. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm a welder, a carman. I work for the railroad. I, uh, I re, um, We fix train cars. And I'm also an author trying to be an activist. I love helping people. The inspiration came, I actually did time in prison. And while I was there and I was trying to change me, I figured I can help change others. I used to be in the streets. I was a drug dealer. That life caught up with me. How long were you in? Uh, I got a 10-year sentence and I did eight and a half years. Um, while I was in there, I didn't waste my time. At standing in front of the judge, when I got my sentence, I asked him to send me somewhere where I can go to school. I didn't want to waste my time. So I landed in Texas and I went to college while I was there. I went for welding and I went for uh, HVAC. And then I took a great program that was the RDAP program, drug program, and that probably helped change my life more than anything. Now you come out, you get this great job, and now you want to rebuild minority communities. Yeah, it's it's the mentality that I want to work on the most. But if you change the mentality, you will change the community, period. But we got to get back together is what I think. Like, It's so bad now because actually the community is just it broke up. It's broke apart. Everybody's out for self. People are not working together. So when you do that, I was from that street element. So I know it's simple for that street element to take over. And that's what's going on. You got murder rates so high, violent crime so high, properties going down. You know, they don't see anything else as a way out except for gangs, drugs. They're the only people that they see halfway living a decent life. So I think if we gave them more to see. When I was growing up in my neighborhood, we didn't live in a wealthy neighborhood or anything, but I did get to see other types of people, people that did own the cleaners in the neighborhood or the, the convenience stores or real estate agents, teachers that really lived on my street. So I knew it was ways that you could become successful out of being in the streets. Nowadays, we don't see nothing else. That's all you see. So what is your book? Is it a plan? What's your plan? Yeah, it is. It's broke down in elements and the elements in it are talking to the the elements of the neighborhood. Like, the residents. And if you're a resident in the in the inner city, you can do little things to help make your neighborhood better. First off, care about where you live at. So if you living in a house, you know, try to plant some grass, try to put flowers out, try to just make it a little better. Talk to your neighbors. Nowadays people can live right next to someone and really don't know that person's name. They really only know that they leave out to go to work at this time and they normally come back at this time. But the kids will know each other. Kids would be outside playing, and you wouldn't even know the parent to who your child is playing with. That's scary to me. And it's talking about them and going to school and trying to avoid them traps. Talk to the people that you think don't have a story and that you see walking around. And I'm going to say it like this, but the dope fiends, the bums, the prostitutes. I don't know nobody that was born that said that that's where they wanted to end up. So they got a story. Talk to them in here, and you can hear some of the same things that, you know, that you might be finna take the choice and go down that road, and that could change your mind. So it's about getting out and, and changing our mentality. Uh, it's an element in there for the police. 
like with what's going on right now. And a lot of like what they tell the police now, they want policy to change and training and all that. And I think that's needed. But at the same time, when these things happen, you hear the police come out and say, oh, well, we know the procedure. We know what to do and all that. What I don't think that they understand is that when they do the things they do, the separation comes because, yeah, you might feel like this person is a criminal scum on the earth to you. But if you do something illegal to that person, you not only lose that person, you lose in that person's family that might all be law-abiding citizens because it's just the fact that you did something wrong to them. So wait a minute, are you, so who needs to do a better job? The people, the the people who live in these areas or the police? It takes a combination of everybody. When I was younger, the police would really patrol the neighborhood. They would walk the neighborhood. They would talk to the people in the neighborhood. They would know, like when they pull up, hi, Miss Johnson, how are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's not going on anymore. Uh, Nowadays, it seems like the police just built to, to push back instead of really patrolling and protecting the neighborhood. So you got to get out and get to know the people. And the people also have to get out to know those police too. It goes, it works both ways. Right now, I go out and I try to talk to the youth of St. Louis, just on my own, just ride around. And I will hand them a copy of my book. And the first thing I'm sorry, I watch these guys' eyes light up. Like, you actually got a book. You actually did something different. How? How do you do that? Like, they want the information. They don't want to live their life. But we got to, the adults in this situation need to start not being so scared to talk to them and try to show them and get them a way out. Those are the people that I'm trying to reach. I'm trying to start a nonprofit organization. Like, and it's hard for me. Like, I'm a person that's trying, but I'm running into the same problem. Like, I don't know how. I didn't know how to publish a book. I didn't know how to write a book. I didn't know anything. It's just I got a drive in me that I want to help people so bad that I'm going to keep on going no matter what. Oh, Michael, good for you. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Do you know any 10-year-olds who have written a book? Well, you do now. Check out The Secret Legend of the Bobo Trail. Hello, I am Iris Morrison. I live in Santa Rosa, California. I just finished fourth grade, and I will be going into fifth grade next month. I like to write children's stories. I was always very picky about books. There wasn't many books in the library that I would like to read. Um, I always had a favorite author, and I love Roald Dahl. I was sick in a bathtub, and I created a little something called Bubble Jail, and because I was sick, it sounded like the Bobo Trail. So I started making up a story, and my grandma recorded it. The two main characters are Gerald and Ashia. Gerald is a little boy with blue eyes and red hair. Ashia is a butterfly with pink and blue wings. Uh, Gerald meets Ashia in the forest, and Ashia creates a storm that sweeps him away into a magical land full of butterflies like her. Gerald can't stay because he knows his parents are worried, so he has to go back and says that he will return soon. He just has to follow the Bobo Trail. She goes back to her other butterfly friends. Um, She has a lot of other friends to pass by the time. This adventure leaves Gerald, his parents, and the reader with confused minds of did it happen or is it fake? 
Ooh, a little mystery there. All right. So this is a, uh, a series of adventure books. What, what kind of adventures can we look forward to? Usually it's getting into trouble, going and meeting other animals. It's kind of stuff like getting rock slides or stuck in a cave. So how's it feel to write your first book at 10? It was the adventure of a lifetime. I never thought I would become a published author. I always thought that it was only adults that wrote books. And I just proved myself wrong. Uh, you could be a famous author in like a couple of years. Yes, that's what my parents keep telling me. Do you have any advice for kids your age who might want to write a book? Well, first, you always have to use your imagination when you're writing a book. All right, give me an example. I can look at something like a chair and start thinking, what if that chair had a face on it? I could think grass and bugs, and I could think, what if I was as small as a bug in a forest of grass? So are you able to read the book to kids that are younger than you? Um, yes, we're planning on doing book signings, and my school librarian, I think, I'm pretty sure wants me to come read to her class. And um, I've always wanted to be on Steve Harvey. <laughs> well, if you put your mind to it, I have no doubt, Iris, that one day you will be on Steve Harvey. All right, we got to take a quick break, but we're coming right back. This is the Page Publishing Book Club. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then now's the time to call Page Publishing at 800-204-6099 and do it immediately. You see, they're looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review most of the books submitted to them. And they'll even give you their feedback. And if they like what they read, Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, and other outlets. They'll handle everything. Copyright protection printing, cover art, publicity, and editing. So if you've written a novel, a children's book, a cookbook, inspirational work, a book of poetry, or biography, and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-204-6099 now for your free author submission kit. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. For your free author submission kit, call Page Publishing at 800-204-6099. We are back on the Page Publishing Book Club. I'm Alice Stockton Rossini. Who knows more about starting a successful business than the guy who brought us Slurpees? Our next author has creative energy to burn. And after 35 years of inventing things we all know about or use, he's written a book entitled Starting, Operating, and Terminating Small Business. My name is Thomas Devine. I'm an attorney and an inventor. What have you invented? I started the first polygraph testing company in the United States for commercial use. And did you ever drink an Icy or a Slurpee? Of course. I invented that. I went to New York and helped set up a soft drink company called Afro-American Distributors. Very interesting. But I came home and we started a picture framing franchise and had uh, 150 stores pretty much all over the country. Uh, I started Icy and Slurpee in Australia, invented uh, certain equipment for soft drink companies. If you've ever seen a 
display on a soft drink dispenser. It has a big cup and a middle cup and a little cup. Right. And well, my company invented invented that, and it, the whole thing was you put a cup underneath that and hit the big cup, and it portion controlled it. And in the back end of the store, it, uh, there was a machine that counted the cups that were sold as security advice. And then I invented a, a system for disposing of infectious medical waste. And it is literally, and no hype, it's the only system in anywhere in the world that complies with all the regulations. It's an alternative to incineration and what's called autoclaving, just strictly steam heating. Then there are certain little things. We've got one that we're coming and trying to get on the market. It's called Girl's Best Friend. It carries on a key ring, and if she's assaulted, it will stop an assault in a matter of five seconds. So you've run a pretty big company. What inspired you to write a book about small business? I was in the franchising. I owned several franchises and represented several franchises. And uh, when you have a large number of retail stores and some of them are going broke or a lot of them are going broke, what's wrong? You think sometimes it's the owner. Sometimes it's the merchandise that they're trying to sell. But there are other reasons when you have good merchandise and a good owner. Why does that business go out of business? And uh, what I tried to put in the book were things that people buying or starting businesses, the mistakes they make that eventually put them out of business, but they're paying for location, borrowing money, and when you people putting their life savings into a business and in two to three years they're gone and it's gone the money is gone and they've spent a lifetime accumulating that money so I tried to put down in the book what they should avoid uh, when they're going into business what they should avoid when they're operating a business stores or businesses that were behind in the rent. The landlord locked the door. Inside that business or inside that space, there may have been $50,000 worth of inventory. And the owner didn't know that he could go in and get that and take that inventory. I explained to him that how to protect themselves if they're going out of business. So that's what the book's about. It's how to start, how to operate, and how to terminate a small business. Not, it doesn't apply to big businesses because uh, the situation is completely different. All right, Tom, great advice. Thank you so much, and thank you for all those inventions. Finally, a vet now doing supply tech orders for aircraft parts who just wanted to try something different. How about write a book? It's entitled Plantation. Um, my name is Letitia Blango, and I'm from um, Fayetteville, North Carolina. And my book is Plantation. 
It's about an A-list author who is at the top of his game, but for some reason he, he falls short. So in order to get his mojo back, to get back to where he was, his manager sends him to uh, Louisiana to get the mojo back, to get the spark back, to write these best-selling books that he's known to do. And while he's there at this plantation, he learns a lot about this home. He becomes interested in the history of the home by the pictures that are on the wall and the sounds around him. He finds out a lot about the house and himself as well. The pictures that are on the wall, he learns the slave's history, her history and her family's history. And also the owner of the plantation has some ties to him that he didn't know. As you continue to read it, it'll continue to to show he's connected in a way that he, he never thought he'd be connected to that house. <laughs> what is this based on? Where'd you get this idea? Just one day, you know, just thinking of different stories. I, I love to read and it's fun to create your own world and, and you can do whatever you want to do. So it was just something that I just, I just sat down and just started writing. And as I started writing, ideas just started popping up. So... I mean, it's a lot to sit down and decide, oh, I'm going to write a book. So. That's what happened. I was at work. I was at work and I'm like, you know what? I want to do something different. I want something different to do. And I just started jotting notes down uh, one day during lunch. And then it just kept going. You know, there were times where I didn't work on it for a couple of months at a time because I do have kids. I have three kids. So it was kind of hard to, to, to get on it every day. But that, I mean, that was what happened. I wanted to do something different. I had this story and... That was what happened. You know, I, I know I, I, I've always loved to read because, you know, how they say it takes you to different places and it really does. But during this time, it was just so fun to, to make it what I wanted to make. It was my world and it, it was just fun. And, and right now I started on my second one and, and it's way easier than the first, yeah. way easier. And so um, it's, it's fun to me. It's fun to create characters and, and, and make believe I love it. <laughs> Well, what does he learn in the end? Well, he learns in the end that, you know, every dog has its day and was, uh, tomorrow's not promised to anybody. And, you know, treat people the way you're supposed to be treated. That you want to be treated, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? All right, Letitia. And that is all they wrote for this edition of the Page Publishing Book Club. If you are with us right here, right now, thank you so much for dropping by. Thanks to our authors for their creative energy during this crazy COVID time and finding and sharing how they are drawing attention to their stories through social media despite the pandemic. If you missed anything, just go to 710WOR.com and download the podcast. Podcast. Wear a mask, social distance. I'll catch you next time. I'm Alice Stockton Rossini. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then now's the time to call Page Publishing at 800-204-6099 and do it immediately. You see, they're looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review most of the books submitted to them. And they'll even give you their feedback. And if they like what they read, Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, and other outlets. They'll handle everything. Copyright protection. 
illustration, printing, cover art, publicity, and editing. So if you've written a novel, a children's book, a cookbook, inspirational work, a book of poetry, or biography, and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-204-6099 now for your free author submission kit. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call for your free author submission kit. Call Page Publishing at 800-204-6099. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.